0: Last week, here on Graceful Truth, we began a series taking a look at the five solas, those five things that are essential in our understanding of who God is, who we are, and what God has done to change that. Join us. five solas, those five truths that are essential for our understanding of our faith in Christ and what God has done. Welcome to Graceful Truth from Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse, will continue our series on the five solas as we focus uniquely and specifically on sola scriptura, for indeed this is foundation to everything else. We don't understand or know any of the other solas were it not for sola scriptura. The understanding that Scripture alone is what reveals God to us. With more, here's Pastor Steve Converse.
1: Not only is heaven and earth going to pass away, but please understand, we're all going to pass away one day. And I I just say that because sometimes we think that we're above all that. We forget that heaven and earth will pass away. We forget that we one day will pass away. One day... We'll be put in a casket or however means you're going to be buried, whatever. People will say a couple nice words and they'll get on with their life. That's what's going to happen. We don't like to think of that day, but that day will come pending the Lord's return. But look at the contrast here. In Matthew 24, verse 35, Jesus says, all that's going to happen. But you know what? But my words will what? Will never pass away. They will never pass away. Total contrast to everything going on around us. Total contrast to everything that holds our attention day in and day out. Total contrast to everything that pushes us to prioritize everything above the church. Everything above the word of God. Everything above glorifying God's name with our lives. That's all going to pass away. But God says, my words, Jesus says, my words will never, ever pass away. They're eternal. I mean, if you knew that somehow, you know, your car that needed four new tires, you're going to go down and spend $400 to put brand new tires on tomorrow afternoon. If somehow... You could have a premonition or somehow you could see the future and you knew that next Friday, your car was going to be totally demolished in an accident. You were going to be fine, but the car is going to be totally, I mean, it's going to catch on. It's just going to burn up. Would you still go tomorrow and buy four new tires for that car that you knew was going to be gone in less than a week? You wouldn't do it. Nobody would. That wouldn't make any sense. And yet so many times, that's how we live our lives, beloved. We forget that, you know what, everything around us is passing away. But this book, the words of this scriptures will never, ever pass away. Well, John chapter 10, verse 35 says this. John 10, verse 35. And these are all, notice these are all from the Lord here. He says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and what? And scripture cannot be broken. The scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures will be right every day of the week. Man's opinion will be wrong. Church tradition will be wrong. Your feelings will be wrong. Your experiences will be wrong. But the word of God, the scriptures, it says, cannot be be broken. And it's so important that we realize that. This is, this is Jesus Christ saying this of the Word of God, that it cannot be broken. Over in John 17, John also says, in verse 17, he just gets done saying that the disciples, they're, they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world, all this. And in verse 17, he says, sanctify them, or make them holy, set them apart In what? In truth. I mean, hopefully you understand what that means. It means to be set apart in what is right, not in what is wrong. I mean, you don't want to be set apart in error, right? That that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to make a really diligent effort this year to just be wrong most of the time. That's my goal. You'd say, you're nuts. You've lost your mind. Why would anybody want something like that? But he says here in verse 17, sanctify them or set them apart, who? Believers, the disciples, in the truth. Well, the truth is relative, right? Who's to say what the truth is, Jesus? Well, he answered the question that they were asking. Your word is what? Your word is truth. This is truth. And it's funny how the church and even theologians today debate on, well, is this part true? Is it? Look, either it means what it says or it doesn't. It's not rocket science. And this is what confuses me sometimes with, with people, well-meaning people. I think they maybe study too much or something. You know, I read a verse and I'll say, well, that was pretty simple to me. It kind of says what it says. And then they go on and bloviate about, well, this word, and they say all this stuff. And they talk in terms that they have to explain to you. You know, I hate that when people do that. They'll, they'll answer your question, and they'll say a certain word, and then they'll say, well, by that I mean this. <laughs> you know, some big, you know, big word, and then they've got to explain the word. That you, I say, you know what, just put the cookies on the bottom shelf. I'm just a simple guy. Just, just, you know, you don't have to tell me the big word. Just tell me what the big word means. I'm, I'm good with that. You don't not have to impress me. It's just kind of silly sometimes. But Jesus says here, your word is truth. What does that mean? That means it's not error. That means it's not error. It's true. If you knew something was totally true, it never erroneous, wouldn't you... Make that resource a priority in your life. I mean, if if you were in the investment community and somebody wrote a book and said, you know what, if you just follow this book, you will make billions of dollars in the stock market. Just do what it says. It's truth. People pick up the book, they do what it says, they make billions of dollars. You see the track record. I mean... Why would you say, well, you know, I'm going to go figure out my own way"? Why would you do that? That would be silly. You would say, no, if that really works, I'm going to use that. And the lives in this room today are testimony, beloved, that this book works, that Christ works. You don't need anything else, that Christ, his word, is totally sufficient to make you who God wants you to be. You don't need to go search the Christian bookshelves or some other book just put into practice what the word of God simply tells us to do If, as a church we could just do that in the most basic level as individuals I think that our church couldn't even contain the blessings that would come down from heaven as a result why because his word is true and then turn to 2nd Timothy 2nd Timothy 316 we probably have all memorized this verse we know it We looked at the Gospels, we looked at the Old Testament, we looked at now the writings of Paul to Timothy, young pastor, and he wants them to understand the importance of the Word of God. Um, Look all the way back at verse 10. He just gets done kind of talking about the, the godlessness in the last days. And down to verse... Look at verse 7. This kind of talks about a lot of people, even within the church today, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. It says verse 9 of of Janus and Jambres who oppose Moses. They're not going to get very far because their folly is going to be made plain to all. And then he says this. Contrast. You, Timothy, however, you... Have what? Have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Verse 12 Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Use that in your evangelism presentation the next time you give it. You want to come to Christ? You want to give up your life? You want to follow Jesus Christ? Well, get ready, because you're going to be persecuted. To some degree, you're going to be persecuted. That's what it says. And some Christians say, well, I'm not really being persecuted. Then maybe you don't meet the terms of that verse, because notice what that verse says. All who desire to what? Live a worldly life? Live a godly life. If you're going to live a godly life in a worldly world, you're going to be persecuted, beloved, to some degree. Verse 13, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse. There's no revival coming here, beloved. It's going to get worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Verse 14, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned. Continue in what you have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Verse 15, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, the holy writings, the writings of God, which are able, look, To make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You don't need a track. Not that tracks are bad. But you don't need a track to share the gospel with someone. Take them to the word of God. Why don't we do that? This is the only true book we have. Take them to the word of God. Allow God's word to penetrate their hearts and their minds. And watch it, make them wise for salvation. And then verse 16, finally, the verse that we wanted to read in the first part. All scripture is breathed out by God. It has its origin with God. It's not a book that some men sat down one day and said, Hey, let's write a religious book. And we'll write this book by over 70 different authors over, you know, Thousands of years. And and then we'll put it all together. We'll call it the Bible. Wouldn't happen that way. Didn't happen that way. God breathed out his word. And because it came from God. Verse 16 says. That it's profitable. For teaching. For reproof. For correction. And training in righteousness. That the man of God. May be competent. What's that word mean? Competent. Able to handle yourself. It's embarrassing when people are not competent. That the man of God or the woman of God may be competent. Equipped for every good work. In other words, it's it's the word of God that's going to equip you for everything in life. If it's good. Footnote, you shouldn't be equipping yourself for bad stuff. Okay, that would not be a good idea, especially as a believer. You want to be competent, you want to be equipped for good works. So when you stop and you think about what these verses mean, that the word of God is far and above all else, that it's in Scripture and Scripture alone that we put our trust There in your outline, you have seven crucial implications. What does this mean in practical terms, quickly? First of all, the Bible is the objective Word of God. By objective, I simply mean that the Bible is in itself the Word of God. Without regard to how people feel about it, or believe it, or receive it, it's irrelevant. The Bible is the Word of God whether you read it or not. The Bible is the word of God whether you believe it or not. See, the Bible is the word of God even if you obey it or not. And that's why we don't have to argue with people and prove the Bible to be true. That's like arguing whether or not a a knife you're holding in your hand is sharp. I mean, why argue? Just stick the guy with it. He'll figure out it's pretty sharp. See, people don't have to believe the Bible in order for it to work in their hearts. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Just give them the truth of the Word of God and let the sword of the Spirit do the work. The Bible is the objective Word of God. Secondly, the Bible is the supreme revelation of God's truth. There's no other book that's compared with it. The Bible stands alone among the great religious texts of history above all else. Thirdly, the Bible's message of salvation is plain enough so that anyone can understand it. You don't have to make salvation difficult. The Reformers called this a perspicuity per- of Scripture. They meant that while there are many things in the Bible that remain obscure, even sometimes to the greatest scholars, God has made the way of salvation very plain, so that the least to the greatest can understand it fourth implication here is no creed or counsel or word from any pope or priest or pastor, nor any private prophecy or supposed word from God, nor any vision or dream or modern day revelation can overturn, add to, or subtract from the truth of the Bible. The Bible is the only reliable and infallible expression of God's truth. It's very important because we live in a day and age where everybody's getting prophecies from God. Individuals are claiming experiences here and there. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Fifthly, the Scripture judges the church. The church does not judge the Scripture. And by that, we mean that the Scriptures not only give us our message, but they also stand in judgment over us as well, over our methods. We must do God's work in God's way. As revealed in the word of God. And then sixthly, since the Bible is the supreme revelation of God's truth, our supreme duty as Christians is simply this, to know the Bible, to believe the Bible, to preach the Bible, to obey the Bible. We're to be Bible Christians first, last, and always. Hence our name, Grace Bible Church. Seventh, the meekest Christian who stands on the word of The truth of God's word has more wisdom than the so-called wise men of our age. Psalm 119 verse 99 says, I have more insight than all of my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. You want wisdom? Get into the book. Allow God's word to speak to you on a daily basis. Allow the Holy Spirit to use it, to mold you, to fashion you, to make you more into the image of Christ each and every day doesn't mean we don't need teachers, we don't need books and other things, but have the Bible as the priority. Kids used to sing in Sunday school class, the the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I think we need to get back to that as even adults. When you say, I stand alone on the Word of God, you're declaring that scripture from the Reformation, sola scriptura. I mean, the conclusion is simply this. What the Bible says, God says. And the Bible is the supreme court from which there is no appeal. And there's many implications for our Christian faith, whether you're looking at history and tradition or moral issues. When you stop and think of the moral decay in our society, why is that? It's simply because the word of God has been put on the shelf. Whether it's the sanctity of marriage or the sanctity of life. The word of God doesn't matter to most people in our society. It's not a debate about sex or gender or orientation. It's not even a debate about domestic partnership. It goes all the way back to the the Garden of Eden. When the question that the serpent asked Eve was simply this. Has... God indeed spoken? The answer is yes, he has. And as we pointed out, his word lasts for all eternity. Father, we thank you for our time this morning as we begin this new year. And what a wonderful year it will be if we only put your word and you above all else in our lives. That we can somehow... Set aside the busyness of our daily lives and focus on you and you alone. It doesn't mean that we have to stop living, but it's just a matter of priority. It's just a matter of allowing this new year to begin with things in their right priority. And Lord, you say that you'll bless us if we'll put you first in all these things. Put your word first in all these things. So when there's opportunities to study the word of God as a group or as an individual... Do we set that on the back burner and say, well, i got other things to do. Or do we make it a priority to come together as the body of Christ and long to hear the eternal word of God explained and spoken, pondered and read together? Father, this is something that you directed your church to do from the very beginning. And Lord, help us to be faithful to that. Father, we pray for each soul here in this room today. If there's any here who's yet to put their faith or trust in you, Lord, I pray that they would understand first and foremost that, God, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. You are the God of all creation. And you're there clearly. And these folks are here today clearly as part of your plan. And, Lord, we know that your word says that there's only one way of salvation. And that's through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that all of us have fallen short. We've all sinned. We've all blown it in in some way in this life. And we come up short when we're compared to a holy God, a sinless God. And that's what it takes to get to heaven. Sinlessness, perfection in every way. We can't do that on our own because we don't even seek you. There's none righteous. No, not one, the Bible says. And so, Lord, we need your grace. We need your favor, unmerited favor that comes through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I pray for each individual here today as they ponder these words that if they've yet to put their faith or trust in Christ for their salvation, that they would heed the truth of sola scriptura, that there is no other truth, there's no other way. And that they would cry out to you from a broken heart, from a repentful heart, from a humble heart. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me. And God, you'll do just that. And for us believers, I pray that you'd send us out of this building today with a new call on our lives to embrace 2017. For everything that it has coming down the pike, no matter what it is. Good, bad. Lord, I pray that we would look at it through your eyes. Through your truth. That you would build us up, not only as a church, but as individuals. Cause us to long to hear your word. Cause us daily to yearn to spend time with you in prayer and studying your word. And Father, that we would reap the blessings of heaven as a result. We thank you. Pray we pray you bless our communion time together this morning in Jesus' name.
0: Well, thank you for spending time with us here today on Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m., We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. And if you would like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. Directions are on our website, gracefultruth.org, or again, simply call 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. And again, we'd love to have you join us for worship. Simply call for directions or go to our website, gracefultruth.org. While you're at our website, make sure to check out the resource materials available from us here at Graceful Truth, including past programs of Graceful Truth that you can download for free. GracefulTruth.org is where to go. If you're writing to us, our address is 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's 2225 Euclid Avenue. We're here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, our phone number is 650-366-9923. By the way, we do have another way that you can access resources from us here at Graceful Truth. Simply download our brand new app. As you go to the App Store, simply look for Grace Bible Church CA. Free and ready for download on Android and OS App Stores. Thank you so much for taking advantage of these resource materials. It's our hope and prayer that you are using them for your further growth in Christ. Again, simply go to the App Store and look for Grace Bible Church CA and download our app today. We thank you for spending time with us today and trust we'll see you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.